This podcast is brought to you by Ceridian. In human resources, you have to be compliance people, but you get into the business because you are people people. You have to comply with labor laws for different employee types, locations, and situations, and the rules keep changing. Is there a system that can help you simplify compliance so that you can focus on people? Yes, there is. Ceridian's human capital management software helps you stay ahead of compliance challenges. Visit ceridian.com HR to learn more. Ceridian, intelligence at work. The first thing I'll say is um, pre-COVID, a lot of organizations really were insistent that they wanted to interview people face-to-face. Mm. They wanted to make sure they brought people on site. They could see what was going on in the organization. They could make sure there was a great fit. COVID stopped that. So for many organizations, um, there, there have been people who have been hired who have never stepped foot into the employer where they're going to start. As um, have things have changed over time, um, some have moved to a point where they do most of their interviews um, via video yeah. and then have a final uh, meeting, socially distanced. Christy has over 30 years of experience with broad international and multicultural expertise. She has served in strategic HR roles at several leading global organizations, including General Motors, Kelly Services, Pepsi-Cola, and Volkswagen. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Hacking HR podcast. I think one of the, one of the areas that has been sort of the focus of attention of technology and re-engineering and a lot of different sort of transformation processes is recruitment right and and we've been we've spent so much time trying to rethink and and do things differently in the recruitment space because well either you're bringing somebody from another company or you're bringing somebody who may be in transition to a job and you want you want to make sure that the person is successful in that role and you want to make sure that you're doing a good job, whether you are an internal resource for the company or you are an external party helping them find that right talent. And the question is, where are we going in terms of recruitment? What are the challenges ahead of us? How is leadership organizational development related to recruitment? So we're going to be talking about all those topics with Christy. Welcome, Christy. How are you doing? I'm very well. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for joining me. And I'm excited about this conversation. Let, let me ask you this to, to sort of open up the, the chat. What changes have you seen in the recruitment space, especially this past 12, 14 months since about the time the pandemic kicked off? Wow, a lot has changed. The first thing I'll say is um, pre-COVID, a lot of organizations really were insistent that they wanted to interview people face-to-face. Mm. They wanted to make sure they brought people on site. They could see what was going on in the organization. They could make sure there was a great fit. COVID stopped that. So for many organizations, um, there, there have been people who have been hired who have never stepped foot mm. into the employer where they're going to start. As... Um, have things have changed over time, um, some have moved to a point where they do most of their interviews um, via video yeah. and then have a final 
um, meeting, socially distanced, um, following all the protocol to make sure there is safety and bring people on site for that. Um, and that has been very different on the employer side. What's been interesting on the employee side as we go out to look for candidates is there's been a uh, like a huge shift in what people are looking for. Yeah. So jobs that have always been traditionally um, 100% on site, especially as you work with manufacturing organizations. We've talked to people who were candidates for a controller position, for example, and their question was, how much do I have to be on site? Am I able to do this fully remotely? Um, the job I'm in right now, I only going to work once a week. What would I be moving to? We even have people who have told us, um, that commute is going to be too long. Yeah. Whereas even a year ago, people were willing to commute. Yeah. And questions of, is there, you know, for some roles, is there an opportunity for me to be fully remote because I plan on moving and I'm willing to fly in if I have to for a face-to-face -face meeting, but I don't plan on living here anymore. Yeah. So those were, and that moved quickly. It wasn't like a, um, build up. Oh, wow. We started hearing some of those conversations in April, May of last year. And yeah. it just continued. So very, very interesting. I, I, I love that. And what that makes me think is, number one, sort of a, a new number of opportunities for, for companies to maybe recruit talent that it's not necessarily within their own physical location. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it poses a challenge, which is now the workforce, even though we're going through all this unemployment, super high numbers, and, and hopefully we're going to get back on track. But there's a, there's now like a different expectation, right? I mean, you just said it yourself with this example. Uh, do I have to commute half an hour when in the past it used to be two hours of commute and they did it with no, no I mean, no problem, no, but, you, you know, that was part of the, Part of the job that they needed to do. So let me let me let me ask you this: What what do you think are the the critical, perhaps new skills that recruiters and the leaders of those companies will have to embrace in order to sort of succeed in this new environment with new expectations, new approaches to work, and whatnot? The um, the biggest thing I think that will have to be addressed is how to measure success in roles. Mm. So a lot of measurement for certain types of roles has been FaceTime or butts and seats. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I think what has happened during the pandemic is the people who produce in certain roles have been shown to, add greater value. And there have been people who have different types of skills, maybe more around collaboration, more around teamwork, things that are more important when you're working face-to-face. -face. And they have struggled. And organizations have looked and I've seen them eliminate positions because they don't see them adding value. Yet, the interesting thing too is managers who might've been great managers face-to-face -face have shown up and not been that great remotely. 
And a lot of that, in my opinion, is because many organizations have not trained their managers to be successful in a remote environment. So what might have been perfect if the two of us were working together face-to-face can feel like micromanagement if both of us are working at home. Or I can feel like I really need support and I'm not getting any. But you may feel like I talk to you every day. What do you mean you're not getting the success, you know, the support you need? So there are very specific things that managers need to do. Yet a lot of people, especially organizations have become very lean. They are, they have a full-time 100% job that they're doing and they have people they need to lead. It's easier when you can just walk by and see someone and pick up if they're having a good day or not. You're not able to do that as much. So it takes more time and effort to be a great manager remotely. And people have become disillusioned and it has allowed some organizations, I would say, to get their unfair share of talent because people are looking who might not have even looked six months ago. Yeah, You're feeling differently about the companies where they work. No, absolutely. And and I want to perhaps dig a little deeper into the idea of helping people success, succeed mm-hmm. in this new environment, right? I mean, it has a lot to do, of course, with the self-driven, you know, motivation to, to succeed at work, but it also has to do a lot with how your leader is supporting, challenging you and, and being there with you. So if what in your in your view, what would be the two or three things that you can tell leaders today, right? The, the, in the kind of companies, in the kind of work environment that we have today, what would you tell them are the two or three things that they need to focus on to help their people, whether long-term employees with long tenures or the new employees succeed in their roles? Those, what, what would be those two or three things? The interesting thing I believe is getting back to basics. So, Number one, for every single employee, making sure they're clear on what expectations are, what success looks like, how they're going to be measured. And I think for many people, you can be flexible for a certain period of time. So there were people last year who were like, I don't know how I'm going to get measured, um, but it's going to turn out okay. And some, it turned out okay, others had surprises. And you never want people to be surprised. Yet that means that you have to do more work behind the scenes to make sure people understand what success looks like and how they're going to be measured if they're at home full-time or if they're in some type of hybrid environment. Work has to get done differently. That's number one. And that is just a basic. Number two, I believe when you are bringing people in and they don't have that natural opportunity to build relationships with people because they are working from home, you have to create that opportunity and do extra work to make sure that people are onboarded very, very well. And some of that is really digging into things that you didn't have to dig into before. So you get assigned someone a mentor and that mentor could, you know, stop by, let's go grab a cup of coffee, let's talk. And the remote environment 
a lot of the, the nuances, the things that people really need to understand aren't there. So I'll give you an example. Let's say I have been working at an engineering manufacturing focused company for 10 years and you hire me and I come over to a sales and marketing organization. And I'm trying to do the best job I can do as a new employee, but I keep making people angry because I'm very structured. I'm <laughs> um, very direct. I'm not really wrapping anything nice around the words that I'm sharing. And I'm checking off a whole bunch of boxes, yet um, people don't see me as friendly. They're like, well, she, can, she got that one done, but I'm not helping her again in the future. Yeah. And it's not because I'm trying to do a bad job. I'm trying to do the best job I can do, but I come from a totally different culture. Yeah. So how can you help people initially to do that, which is why with Cigarette Solutions, the company that I work with, when we place people at certain levels, we provide first 90 days coaching automatically. So if you are an executive starting with a company, you can go into that company, but there are things that I know from coaching people for many, many years to help you to adjust to the company because individuals do have to make some adjustments yeah. in order yeah. to be successful. And the better you can do that in the first 90 to 120 days, the more successful you can be long-term. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. And I love the idea, by the way, of this culture adaptation, both from the company and the individual. And you spoke a little bit of my language in there, by the way, because I'm an engineer who came into the HR space and uh, I'm telling you, it was quite a change because I come from a world where things are measured and structured and processed and thought through very differently uh, than in the world of HR. So, so that 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 example truly resonated with me. So, Christy, and let me ask you this. this oh, uh, I was this just going to let me build on that because I think what you just shared is really important for so many HR people. And I've talked to so many people over the past year, many of them either stood out as really adding value during the pandemic or were seen as not adding any value at all. And much of that is because um, of not having what you bring being able to think about metrics and measurements, being able to pull data and evidence to be able to drive and share the information that makes them stand up and add something different than what other people around the table have to share. A lot of times, what makes it hard for me as an HR professional, a lot of times is that anyone thinks they can do HR. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't have people saying, okay, I can do finance. You don't have people you know, without a degree really trying to engineer or the expertise um, from a legal standpoint, but everybody really thinks that they can do HR. So if you're not coming with something that really differentiates you as a, as a professional, it puts you at risk. And I think this, this past year plus, has really highlighted those individuals who didn't have those things pulled together. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I agree with you. And, um, you know, it's, it's been, for me, it's been a journey of, of learning, but I think the fact that I come from outside of HR has helped me be, uh, become better 
in the work uh, of HR. So Christy, let me ask you this last question uh, very quickly to, to wrap up our conversation. If there is, you talked before about the metrics of success of somebody in a role, an organization, a leader. If there was one thing, one just one little thing that you would tell leaders, measure this one thing because it's an important metric of success of your, especially if you are in an HR leadership position, what would that thing be? What would that metric be? I would go back to clear expectations. Mm. And I'm going to nuance it because clear expectations without communication yeah. um, will fall flat. Yeah. But you want to be a great authentic leader that when people communicate with you, they trust that you really want them to be successful. And that takes work. So if someone calls you and asks you for help, you have to be willing to listen and get to the root of what they're really calling about, being able to provide the type of support they need. Or, and if you don't know what it is, take the time to really dig and make sure people get what they need. Because I think for some individuals, they'll say, yes, I know clearly what I'm expected to do, but no one's helping me to develop. No yeah. one is giving me the support I need. So I don't think they really want me to be successful. Maybe they want to get rid of half the employees. So the intent is we're being as clear as possible. The impact on the employee is maybe they don't want me here. So yeah. we don't want to have that miscommunication. So being able to deliver that and follow up and really be committed to showing people you want them to be successful. Yeah, absolutely. That, and that's, that's powerful. Well, uh, Christy, thank you so much for sharing all these amazing insights with us. I really appreciate having you in, this, uh, uh, in our conversation. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you, everybody. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Hacking Nature podcast. See you all soon. Thank you, everybody, for watching or listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please follow us on our social media and subscribe to our newsletter so that you can stay informed of all the things that we're putting together for you from the Hacking HR community. Thank you so much. Please continue to stay safe, stay well, stay strong, and we will see you soon.